0: Hey, what's going on, people? Um, Jack here. Just wanted to check in with you ahead of uh, episode number 58 of the TNC podcast. I hope you're all well despite the crushing defeat uh, at home to Leeds. We dissect it uh, in this podcast. And and wow, this is actually one of my favourite ever episodes. I think we caught up with Stuart Hodge, former Norwich City commentator, now working uh, amongst various Scottish press outlets and uh, and a big Norwich fan as well, actually, kind of adopted Norwich as as his team, which is. Is lovely. We've got lots to speak about this week. We've got two games to review. We've got two games to preview. Of course, one of them being the Anglian Derby, and lots of other things as well. It, it feels like we're starting to get to maybe a decisive, definitive point in Norwich City season where it could go either way, and the build-up to that is just truly fascinating. There's so many different elements stirring around at the moment, and and hopefully we we do, um, you know, we just dissect them um, well. I hope. Um, anyway thank you all for your support on iTunes we're now nearing 110 reviews I think they're going up slowly but surely uh, if you haven't already go to our iTunes page uh, TNC podcast and then leave a review if you enjoy it um, because they really do mean a lot and I love reading the reviews on iTunes so thank you for that anyway I won't keep you funny any longer this is episode number 58 this is Stuart Hodge this is the TNC podcast enjoy I'm on the
1: Oh, set, set. Set,
0: set. Set, set. Hello and welcome back to episode number 58 of the TNC podcast. We've got more to digest this week than your average half-time pucker pie. And to join us, it's everyone's favourite Scotsman. Well, maybe second favourite behind Grant Hanley. Come on, Sister Stuart Hodge. How are you doing, my friend? How are you doing, mate? Yeah, yeah, man, maybe, I'm maybe good.
2: Third, maybe third behind Brian Gunn as well.
0: Yeah, 4th behind Stephen Whittaker. Fifth behind Mark. You're in you're the top ten,
2: <laughs> just about. Like, I mean, this is
1: an ever-increasing list.
2: Handel, can we just say straight away? Only 18 minutes late
1: today. Yeah, like, congratulations. An improvement. An improvement. My punctuality yeah.
2: has seamlessly
0: improved. <laughs> Absolutely. Mate, it's a pleasure to have you back. You're down in the fine city for yes. wh- a week.
1: Well, I've been here for a week and yep. a day now, and I go back tomorrow. Mm. It's been busy. Yeah, you've been uh, I've seen you in Stuart Webber's car, I've seen you with Alex <laughs> Neal,
0: I've seen you, you know, just, just milling about being the media whore that you are. Mm. Yeah, uh, well, yeah. I don't think my mum would like well, well, <laughs> No, it's great to have you back and, and, and as we say, Chris, we have got a lot to talk about. We've got two games to review, yeah. we've got a midweek trip to South Wales and then the small matter of an East Anglian derby on Sunday. Yeah. Let's start let let let's, let's let's talk about the three points. Let's try and start happy mm-hmm. and then we'll
2: decline very quickly. 2-0 against Preston, Yeah, that's surely positive, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I went out of that game feeling feeling optimistic because, yes, we'd played pretty averagely, but that's the kind of classic championship fixture where if you come out of a game like that with three points, you're like, OK, we could be on to something here because normally you would lose a game like that having played that mm. poorly. And so, yeah, I, I came out of that game feeling quite optimistic and that was a really nice foundation to build on. And out of the, if you take it back a step, post Sheffield United, I said that the next three games are massive. You win against Preston, no, and this is no disrespect to Preston, but I'm gonna disrespect Preston. Norris City versus Preston at home, we would expect them to get three points against Preston. Leeds United is going to be tough. Ipswich is going to be tough. Yeah, they so last year. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, no, I, I agree with that. But I'm just saying on paper, yeah, yeah. looking at both squads and, and how much investment is going into both. I would still expect Norwich to beat Preston, so being complacent. Um, but I don't see beating Preston as a big deal. I just see that see that for Norwich City is a good Championship three points. And I suppose if we want to be finishing where we want to finish the
0: season, top six, they are the games you have to be winning. Absolutely, um, Stuart. It was it was um, a fantastic goal from, from Alex Tete. I was very interested to, to see what you thought. I, I loved your article in the week on the EDP saying fans don't have the right to, to boo Alex Tete. Um But let, let's sort of look at the game as a whole. What have you made of Norwich? The sort of last few games you've seen.
1: Still a work in progress, to be honest. Um, unfortunately, I mean, one of the it's quite easy after a a heavy defeat to be really negative. Mm. Um, and I must admit, I was I was quite disappointed walking out of the ground. It was it was really frustrating. Um, I mean, that said, Leeds. I, I know we want to start talking about Preston, yeah. but Leeds are a great side. So you um, got your Leeds
2: Perlow on today and everything, haven't you? So <laughs> Leeds. This no. this is Leeds yellow. This is. Oh
1: yeah, actually, it's got blue. Um, so I didn't consider that. But I was going more for Canary yellow. Yeah. come on, okay. come okay. on. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, when it when it comes down to. It, I think Norwich City I don't see a massive I mean I know we've lost James Madison we've lost a few other players but I don't see a massive amount of progress I've got to say and the, the barometer for me was uh, the last time I saw Norwich City in the flesh down here was around the same stage of last season mm-hmm. so basically I had a kind of season gap where I thought and obviously I've watched games from afar but you know yourselves it's it's a different, yeah. different beast watching it inside the cara and yeah I don't see that we've moved forward all of that all that much and, and that's that's disheartening.
2: Straight away, I'm going to just hit you with a tweet. Stephen Bennett tweeted it to me this morning. I've just screenshotted it to read it out to you because I, th- I think it's a very interesting point. Mm-hmm. How long has it taken Leeds players to adapt to their system? FARC had 14 months and we're going backwards. That's, that's, a, that's an opinion. Mm-hmm. Things need to change at this club and not just the coach. So what is the difference, how have Leeds, if you, if you take them as a case study, I know they've got a ton of money, but how have they managed to literally set the league on fire instantly but their manager can't even talk a word of English? Mm. Now that to me speaks huge volumes I know, and of I think, Daniel Fargo's
0: management stuff. I start. think the big thing, and we'll, we'll get onto you in a minute Stuart, but... The big thing for me is Leeds, I think there was only one player different in that starting eleven yeah, to the team we beat um, 2-1 and, and they looked turgid at the end of last season. Sure. So it shows how much of an impact a coach can have yeah. and it also shows how much of an impact a coach can't have in the effect of Daniel
1: Farker, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think you can say that is completely ineffectual. I think that's yeah. probably hyperbole. But you, your question was, what, what can happen to make the impact so quick? Mm. And I think the answer to that is Marcelo Bielsa. He's one of the most interesting characters in the entire global tapestry of the game. Mm. He's a really, really interesting coach. He sits in a ice bucket. Um, there's a brilliant clip mm. that uh, when I was on the scrimmage in midweek, um, Chris Gorham tweeted, and it's where, when he was Marseille coach, someone sat a coffee cup in his mm-hmm, ice bucket. Mm-hmm, he sat mm-hmm. on it and then got <laughs> up really angry. Um, but Bielsa's he's he's a really interesting character, and he's... I mean Pep Guardiola has said that he's the with the best trainer, which is the, the Spanish sort of translation of the word for coach in the game. If Pep Guardiola's saying that, mm. then I mean that's high praise indeed from one of the global luminaries. Bielsa is a footballing savant in many senses. Mm. He's a really clever guy. And he's obviously football's a universal language, that's a cliche, mm. but he's proving it. Yeah. See, do you think it's
2: more than being a clever guy though, Steve? Because I mean I have absolutely no doubt in the world that Daniel Farker, he gets football, he understands it, he's very tactically sound, that's an opinion. I think he's got all of the football knowledge that you could need. Mm-hmm. But I look at Bielsa, I look at Mourinho, I look at all of the top managers in world football, and I see what you've said there, which is character. Mm-hmm. And I see passion, burning passion. I see a manager that goes one nil down, or concedes one goal in a 4-1 win, mm-hmm. and goes ballistic, and barks at their players, and yesterday, one of the most frustrating things for me personally i don 't know what your opinion is on this but I watched Daniel Farker one 0 down, nothing, two nil down, nothing, three nil down something, but we 're three nil down then, and it 's too late and f- and for me i' don't, i mean i 've been very interested in what in watching the the Manchester City documentary on Amazon Prime I know it's a very Americanized thing mm-hmm. but the one thing I've got from that is and you say what you like about Mourinho for being a bit of a dick because he is but if you get the respect of your players and you have this burning passion and I just don't see Danny Farker at time grabbing his players by the cuff and neck and saying come on let's do this L- having a bark and I, I just I, I'm starting to doubt that there is that respect there for even from the German players.
1: Mm, I I don't think the players uh, the dressing rooms definitely not turned on I I don't think that's a factor I do think a lot is sometimes made of managers that do the hand wringing on the sidelines but it's to do with standards for Mm -hmm, me mm -hmm. and if you look at standards uh, there was a point in the second half where Bailey Peacock Farrell um, he hit a ball straight out of play and Bielsa went that's not good enough. Really? Yeah. yeah. And that's 3-0 up, I think, at the time. That's my point, And it's a, to do with standards. So I, I don't think it's to do with necessarily the barking or the shouting because some managers can be quite quiet, quite quiet spoken, mm-hmm. but their words carry weight.
0: Mm-hmm. I think I think for me, and I'm going to go back to a, f- a few weeks ago when we played Stevenage at, at home, and we had uh, Max Ahrens and Todd Campbell on the same side, two players who've hardly played first-team yeah. football. And the interesting thing there for me was... He was barking at them. He was constantly in their ears. And for me, he'd set unrealistic expectations on them players. Todd Cantwell isn't a winger. He's a number 10. Mm -hmm. He was being stifled. Max Ahrens isn't a left-back. He's a right-back. He was being stifled at left-back. He was being put in there because James' husband simply isn't good enough. One of Farker's and Webber's signings. Mm. Um, And on the flip side, we've seen under Farker, Ross Martin frozen out of the squad. Wes Houlihan frozen out of the squad. Nelson Oliveira seemingly indeed not good enough is this a power issue is he seeing the bigger players the more influential players as a threat to him and the younger players more sculptable I don't know and and, and, and to also add to that I, I don't care if Farka's on the sideline not barking at players what I want to see is a reaction on the pitch every single game I've watched our
2: substitutions have come late formations haven't been changed and for me yeah. that's the worrying thing and yeah, you, and yeah. Stuart has an excellent point about standards Now, say what you like about off the pitch, because we're talking about it from... That's just what we think. It's what we can sniff out. We think that there might be a lack of respect there. Now, let's talk about on the pitch. You you talk about standards, Stuart. Mm -hmm. Why the hell is Timmy Close playing up front on the left wing? There is no way that they're listening to Daniel Farker's orders. Marco Bielsa had his team bang on the money. You could see the structure of the formation. One was covering for the other. Mm -hmm. Two touch, the whole game of football. Mm -hmm. I don't see that from Norwich, and I'm not saying, I am jealous of Leeds, which hurts me to say, but I am, it annoys me, because it's so doable, it is so doable, and you know what, I get, I totally get the culture that Daniel Farker's trying to establish, this possession-based football, I get it, and I think it can work,
1: I just don't think the players are adapting to it. I, I think part of the thing for me is to do with the tempo. So I look, I look at Moritz Leitner and there's definitely a footballer in there. Yeah. He's got great technique. I think, to be honest, if you're going to be playing him in the centre of midfield, I don't think he's strong enough for mm-hmm. that. I think his position in British football anyway has got to be the 10. Yeah. But yeah. I don't think he's doing enough to justify selection in that role okay. at this point. Okay. But the key thing is, you're watching Moritz Leitner and he's taking two, three touches mm-hmm. before deciding what to do. Mm-hmm. Whereas when Leeds have got the ball, right, or, or their equivalent player in a similar role, They've got options running in front of yeah. them, and they know yeah. everyone knows the runs that they should be making off. Whereas it's as if sometimes watching at Norwich City, are trying to wait to try and make that happen, and and the tempo is slower. Agreed, it's a bit more languid, and I think the ideal that Norwich City are aspiring to is something like what Fulham were in yeah. this division mm-hmm. and Leeds. Yeah. Now that that seems to me, at least sort of reading between the lines, that's what Norwich City. That's the benchmark and the style and the philosophy that they're going for. Unfortunately, it's still a work in progress. Mm. But I mean, the, the argument with that is, I was here at this stage last season. Yeah. I've not seen a massive amount of progress. How can
2: yeah. it... I, see, I'm with you on that, and I'm with everyone that says it's a work in progress and a, tra- and a transition. I get that. We're now enough games into the season. Mm. To, you, we needed to hit the ground running. We, we said did, it on the podcast. The running, we, we smashed it in every single session on here you need to hit the ground running next season mm-hmm. not only to get the fans on board yep. but to get the players going to get everyone behind this it's not happened regardless of whether we beat Ipswich it's not happened mm-hmm.
0: uh, uh, yeah I was listening last week um, Stuart to the, to the Pinken podcast that you were on and I think it was either you or Dave Frieser raised a very good point but I think a very simple point mm-hmm. and that is the fact our German second division players good enough is this mm. is
1: this what is Marco Stieperman What is Dennis Rabeni? <laughs> that was you know, my question. Was, what Lange, is Marco Schmid Because I don't understand him yeah. as a player. It's, it's, it's like he, he seems to be a jack of all trades, but doesn't seem to specialise mm. in any particular role. I, I don't understand. He's very versatile, but but I don't think he has a great impact in, from what I've seen at this level in any particular. Position.
0: We look at we look at a Felix pass like one of Germany's top rated players can't even get in the squad. We look at Moritz Leitner, too slow. We look at Mario Vrancic last season, took six months to adapt. We haven't got that time in order to adapt. We can't be putting a player in and going, well, he might be good in six months. This is the championship. Yeah. We need results. But
2: but on the, on the contrast to that, you see what's happening to Mario Vrancic at the moment. They've clearly told him he's not good enough.
1: Well, I think Kenny McLean no has been brought in yeah. as a direct replacement. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the thing he's with Kenny McLean is... He's, he's good enough now. He's an excellent yeah, player. Agreed.
0: And I, I, I love this project. I, I want it to work so badly. But we had another tweet yesterday from Ollie Bensley who said, what do we expect? We've sold Madison for 25 million. We've sold Murphy for 12 million. We've reinvested hardly any of that. What do we
1: expect? We are getting what we deserve. Is it as simple as that? Is it far? No, nah, it's not as simple as that. Because you look at O'Neill Hernandez Who's going to have a great impact this season Mm. He was another player that Not spent a massive amount of money on Um, Timo Pukki's come in And and really impressed me Not spent a massive amount Of money on him Norwich City aren't Going to go out And spend loads of money On players I mean And it doesn't guarantee success Mm. Timo Pukki looks like A better version Of what Stephen Naismith Could have been At Norwich City And look at the stark Difference Mm. In what the club Paid for him So I think a lot Is sometimes invested in As a club spending money Blah 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 Mm. You can get good players For not a lot of money Mm. But I I think the key thing is And O'Neill Hernandez Is actually an interesting case came in January we're seeing the best of them now mm. so some of these players it's never going to work for yeah some of these players it might take time and some are going to come in and have an instant impact and there's going to be a bit of that That's going the risk. on yeah that is the risk key thing for me i think going forward midfield there's enough options we can kind of try different things mm. and put it together um i mean not really seeing past lack defence is, is where the worry is. Sure. Mm-hmm. And we had that record breaking. And this is where it's kind of confusing because a lot of people criticise Farker for various reasons. The guy is tactically astute. Mm. If you concede four goals in two games... And then go on a record break and run a clean sheet, you've changed something. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I wrote an article in the Pinkin last year which said the one thing that Daniel Farker seems unable to do is find a balance where we can defend and attack at the same time. Yeah. And that question remains. It's just flipped, isn't it? We yeah. can't Yeah, we can do we can one attack. or the other right, we can go um, 4-3 against West mm. Brom the and the defence is leaking goals. Agreed. Or we can do Agreed. the Preston thing. And he actually, Daniel admitted before that game, he said, um, we focused on getting the defensive rudiments mm. right at the start of this game. And then, mm. to be fair to the boss, he made a tactical change, mm. albeit Pinto was hurt and, and it kind of forced his hands, but he didn't mm. just go like for like. He thought, mm. hmm. can I change something here? And I think it was with the idea of getting the best out of Buendia, which, mm. for all of the negativity at the moment, he's going to be a great player. Yeah, I Norwich love
0: looking setting. at Wendy, I, I th- love looking at him. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think Chris, for me, the, the frustrating thing is, it, is Farker came in and wanted to select, set his philosophy and Norwich fans wanted that philosophy. For me, it still feels like a constant experiment. I don't think he knows what his starting mm. 11 is. I don't think he knows Straight what went. his formation is. And I don't know what the philosophy is. Are we solid defensively and good on the break? Do we score goals and just don't worry about the defence? Do yeah. we keep possession? Do we move the ball quickly? Do we lure teams in with our possession-based football? I don't know
2: what Farker wants to see out there, and if I don't know, I don't think the players know. This is mm. this is kind of go, this goes back to my original point about I just don't I just don't think it's clicking, and I'm all for giving him more. I'm just going to read out another tweet just to just to pull more petrol on the fire. Um, I think, <laughs> you will love it. I think it? it's I think it's quite hardcore. And um, it's from it's from Graham Leader, and he just says to to the TNC Twitter account why are we still employing a coach with a worse win ratio than peter grant time for people to face the facts this isn't going to come good under Fark, and every minute more he's here is another minute wasted i think that last bit is probably too emotional and quite hardcore but i think his first point is actually really bang on the money and going back to this philosophy culture time transition thing it all it all falls down to, to to results and at the end of the day we look at managers that we've had in, in in the past we look at the likes of Glenn Roder the likes of Chris Euton we were so much more cutthroat yeah. that actually the football provided more fruits than what we're seeing now mm. and I don't think this. and I, I, honestly I don't buy this oh well we've lost James Madison oh well, we've lost Josh Murphy I honestly think we've got a stronger squad than last year
0: I, I want to touch on a point that I've banged the drum of so much I kind of want to just cleanse myself once more do you uh, Tim Krull <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> lots of excitement when we first signed him not for mm-hmm. myself interesting to see the
2: excitement is gone um, yeah you're what? saying what? no 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 the you what? can't say that you need to stop saying that you're saying the excitement's gone I yeah. think the excitement is still I think no I don't people, think it is people still see that he is an inter, he, he has been an international goalkeeper yeah. he's got a wealth of experience and that it will come right I'm still of the opinion that it will come right with Tim too World. I think you're you're in Remy's camp too much. You need to no, no, no. you need to take your Remy glasses off. No, I'm Jack. not. I, I you think, are. I think people were, were looking at Tim Krull and
0: expecting him to hit the ground running straight away. Agreed. Let's get to the facts. He has made a mistake in every single game this season except for the Preston game. Yep. So Eighty percent of the games he's made a mistake in, yes, which has cost good. us points. Mm.
2: And and to back you up,
0: and, yeah. no, no, no. If if a
2: defender makes eighty, it make, makes a mistake in eighty. percent He's of games. dropped. He's dropped. Yeah. What's re- and what's fascinating for me And more praise for Angus Because I've got my Angus Gunn glasses on He's made more mistakes In these games Than Angus Gunn did The whole of last season And that's why I don't get This whole experience thing Angus hadn't played a professional game Before he came to us Mate I'm backing you up here I'm backing you yes. up so what, do you, what do you make
0: of Tim Krull a, a player that people Were so hyped about Having I, watched them I, still, I, Having watched him In a penalty shootout Three years ago <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah In fairness um, I remember him playing For Newcastle In the Premier League How well. long ago was that? Uh, a wee while because exactly. time doth fly yeah. Um. but I th- I, listen I, I'm with you I still think it will come good for Tim Crow, but so far it's not made good reading for him he did make I, th- I think I've not seen the highlights actually but I think he made a really good save against Preston with yeah, like to to the bar yeah as well. Um so I mean I think there's a good shot stopper there He's looked not to... I mean, I look at Norwich City goalkeepers in the past. Uh, yeah, I know there was the aberration at the weekend where he kind of let it go through him. Um, there was a the one where he threw it in against West Brom, Lawrence Carey style. Um, there's a lot there to make bad reading, and I think. I mean, it's again clicheometer goes bing, bing, bing. Mm. But um, goalkeeper, you're the last line of defence. If you make a mistake, everyone notices it. It's not been good so far. And Chris, I, I think-, think he's a good keeper.
2: Chris, Jack, I think where's the backup? I'm just going to put this little grenade in there. Who have we got to replace Tim Cruel? Mickey McGovern, you happy with that? No. So uh, this is my point.
0: And I, and I just want to say as well, I think Michael Bailey raised this in his match review yesterday. I'm not sure if Fark. I think Farker probably said something about it. There's pressure on Farker here as well. He's released a goalkeeper who's been here for 15 years, was told he was going to be given a chance, wasn't given a chance and brought in a keeper that isn't performing. There's pressure on Farkin, there's pressure on Weber here. They've brought in a keeper and released a good keeper and he's not delivering. And we don't have backup.
2: Well we do, but it's not good enough. Well, there we go. We we don't have good enough backup.
1: I, I think we could do an extra number in, in that position.
2: Lone window still open. You know what's what is um what's really interesting with this with this whole thing is that I think We said it yesterday. We we weren't going to bring it up, but we will bring it up because it fires Jack up a bit much. (laughs) If if Remy Matthews makes the same amount of mistakes that Tim Krul makes in these first few games... You kind of let it go because he's your boy. No, I don't. Yeah, you get yeah, I don't get behind him. We do. Yeah, 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 yeah. Remy Matthews was
0: cast aside by Norwich City fans for making one mistake in pre-season. He's not good enough. Had they watched him take a I Plymouth side from relegation zone a to disagree. near the clouds? Have people watched that? If he does
2: have the
1: league, them, we back him because he's our boy. I'll we, tell I you what. Fans, mate, they turned them in so quickly. I like. I like how angry you are. He had a really good season at Hamilton. Yeah, he and was then Plymouth. really, really good. Yeah, I mean, I saw firsthand at Hamilton, how he did, and he was, he, was, he was excellent.
0: I'm not saying that Tim Krull isn't a bad keeper. I think there is something in there. It's the hypocrisy that really annoys me. It's the fact that Remy Matthews think... was cast aside for making one mistake
1: in pre-season. People haven't watched him at Plymouth. Think, people think, haven't watched him at Hamilton. Do you know something? I think there's actually a cultural thing there, because you would expect with academy players that people would give them a bit more mm. crack of the whip but I actually think we're Norwich City fans. It's almost as if they're harder on yeah. them. It mm. was the same with the Murphy yeah. Twins. Mm. I'm seeing a bit more of it with Jamal Lewis okay. now as well. Yeah.
2: Okay. I agree. I agree 100% mate.
1: But what, but what, and actually,
2: just to just to make sure you fully understand what you're putting in the room, Jack. Mm. <laughs> I'm not sure... I'm love not, I love this game. I love how... Yeah, yeah, we wind each other <laughs> up all the time. You were very, very, very quick to be anti-Russell Martin last season was he good enough very hey listen to my point guys are legend. oh I'm not I'm not denying that guys are legend Norwich City 3-3 three three, but now you're saying Remy Matthews Norwich City 3-3 three and, three, and we cast him aside that's exactly what Daniel Farker did to Russell Martin but you were okay with that so I'm quite interested to see what the difference is between the, the players Remy wasn't that's the difference okay um, shut me up there. that's yep. a
0: really good point cool for me that's it uh, anyway <laughs> Is there anything else That's to great? Is That's there anything so. else to discuss on the, on the Leeds game except for we would just crush
1: basically? They're a really good team. Yeah. They marry if, if they keep going early days in the division yet. But if they keep going the way they are, I, I feel looking at them, they marry the best qualities of Wolves and Fulham. Mm. Yeah. And great. with that together, I, I just think. I mean, I honestly think if Bielsa stays, they are, they add a couple of signings maybe in January, yeah. Yeah. which yeah. they've got the money to do. Yeah, I, mean. um, I think they're up.
2: I'll say two things. One, I think Hodgie brings up a great point about Moritz Liner with, with the takes too many touches. Mm. If you look at those Leeds players, every single one of them was two-touch. There was not a yeah. single player that took more than two touches yeah. to the point where even if it was risky to only take two touches, they would still take two touches, risk losing the ball, but the opportunity to get that killer through ball to
1: score was there for them. Mm. And that says everything to do, you, me. do you know what summed it up for me? Do you remember mm-hmm. there was an attack where we were going down the right-hand side in the first half? It was after we'd fallen behind because we did start really well. Yeah, we Honestly, did. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, we did start yeah. really well. I mean, one question that I would raise is for the stuffing to get knocked out of the team so much by one goal, not yeah. two. Yeah, like is, is I mean, there's got to be a question there. Yeah. But there was a on your point, there was an attack down the right-hand side, and it was evil, and it was Moritz Leitner and they just kind of passed it from pillar to post, and part of it was they weren't sort of maybe looking enough to see what was happening, but there was nothing else happening. In terms of movement, there was no options, nothing running off, no one coming short. Throw-ins as well. Jordan Rhodes has got three men round him. Mm. Every time Mm -hmm. they hoist it towards Jordan Mm -hmm. Rhodes, and you're thinking... Where, where's the variety and yeah, the variation yeah, yeah. and that, that for me is, is a, a big problem Leeds on the other hand they would get the ball side would have it and people would be making those runs mm-hmm. the type you see Manchester City making mm-hmm. where it's not just a run out to make the pitch wider it's a run inside your defender and then yeah, round been, which yeah. creates an angle Yeah. it's the kind of thing that Alex Pritchard and other players that we've had in the past seem to be able to do Wes yeah. obviously loved all that stuff oh, I am him no, I miss please him don't still. talk
2: about Wes on this podcast either I am him we're not allowed to talk about Wes either mm, I know I I'm sorry too. but I do I miss him well he's, that's why he's on the wall behind you Hodge, he's a legend and anyway my second point about the Leeds game which I think we'll go on to potentially with the atmosphere thing I thought that I, honestly I, I slate teams on here all the time and I will say loud and clear Leeds United fans were incredible best I've seen at Norwich City in many, many seasons. They were excellent. And again, I'm just so jealous about the fact that they came. Was there like two and a half thousand of them? The biggest away following I've seen at in Norwich in, in a long time, as far as I can remember. And they were so loud and they were so together. And even when we were on top, they were still loud and proud. And I, ju- I just thought they were excellent. And I just thought it was worth bringing up that I think that doesn't it make the h- hell of a lot of difference if your support is together as one mm. Mm. rather than just, you know. And actually, they their away section more, made more noise than the whole of our stadium put together, yeah. which uh, I think is embarrassing. It uh,
1: uh, is embarrassing. Uh, well, I totally agree with that. The other side of it, though, is, and, and just to play devil's advocate a wee bit, Leeds United fans, they sense that something's happening yeah. at their football club. Yeah, they've yeah, had yeah, years yeah. in the doldrums, down to League yeah. One like us. There's been a lot of pain that they've gone through mm. and they sense that, Do you know what, this time yeah. is happening for us. Yeah. So that's a factor as well. They're on the cusp of a wave at the moment. It's kind of like the magic that was happening when Paul Lambert was sort of soaring. Agreed. Totally agreed right, with you. Yeah. With, with, with Norwich City. Now, with that in mind... It, it, it kind of sort of begs the question as well: Is the team doing enough to lift the fans? I mean, I, I do feel that the fans need to do their bit more. I wrote an article which which sort of made that point effusively. However, for for eighteen minutes of that Preston game, it was a nothing game. Mm. Honestly, like yeah, I, I I've seen kickabouts yeah. down yeah. the park where there's been yeah. a bit more sort of passion and Agreed. life to it. Agreed. And and that was a really galling thing. We got the result in the end, so. All was well and good, and that was forgotten about. But there was a real lack of impetus in that mm. game.
0: Right, um, lads, we'll finish briefly talking about this Leeds game. There is one last thing I want to talk about. is the formation. Um, mm. First two goals yesterday, and arguably the third, all coming down either Pinto's side. Caught out of position, was quite out of position for one, a couple of West Brom's goals. I don't think he's a right-back. I don't think it's his fault that he's out of position. I think there's players being played out of position... And I think we are much more
1: suited to having wing-backs and three centre-backs. Yep. Is the formation the problem? Uh, could be. <laughs> I think I think there's more to it than that, but I think it is a factor. I think with the players that Norwich City have in their squad at the moment, I think the best system is three at the back. Yeah. However, I think there's a lack of defenders. I think you need an extra centre-back if you're mm. going to play that regularly over the course of the rigours of a championship mm. season. You need to have a few more bodies. Also, Ben Godfrey deserves a chance. I just want to throw that out there. Absolutely, so with he hasn't been getting so
2: with you. For me, I think the the only question for me with the formation is why on earth, apart from against Leeds, and you know some of the other better teams like Middlesbrough, for example, why would you play two central defensive midfielders at home? I just don't get it. I think away from home, when you do that thing where you just try and settle into the game, hold possession, frustrate the opponent and hit them on the break, I get that. But at home, when we're meant to be bringing the game to the opposition... By the way, I think that's nonsense anyway. I think we should be bringing the game to the opponents away from home too. But particularly at home, I don't understand why we're playing two central defensive midfielders. And I love Alexander Tete. He was was my favourite player when I worked with the football club. He was my favourite player for two or three seasons. I think the guy... He, he's fantastic, but he should not be playing football for us. I'm sorry. He should be in and out of the team, and I get why they renewed his contract ish. Mm. But for me, Tom Tribal, Ben Godfrey, all day long. Why are they not playing football? Why are they not playing football? Louis Shoot. Thompson as well. Hey, but oh, can we just talk about it? Louis Thompson? Had a, he was, I thought he, he was brilliant. Yeah brilliant. Well as
0: well. I think he was great, but I think he was stifled. He was essentially. Evo Pinto's babysitter for the majority that, of oh, me! me. He was call as like a second right back.
2: But can I say something right? So
0: many players are okay. stifled. No,
2: I agree, I agree with what your point is, but I'm gonna put my head above Keep the parapet playing. with Ivo Pinto and say one thing. Everyone slates him defensively, and I think you've got a fantastic point. He shouldn't be playing defence. Actually, he would be a really good winger. He'd be a really good midfielder on the uh, no, wing.
1: No, 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 the no, 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 one
2: one thing I will say is, he made more problems for Leeds than any of our midfielders and any of our forwards yesterday. <laughs> look at the stats, look at the facts, and come back <coughs> to me on that.
1: No, that, do you know what though? I know was, he's a defender. He offers good dynamism, good thrust down the line, right? But his crossing not. Yeah. I love the way he thrust. That. He's not good enough with his crossing. Like his crossing is nowhere near consistent enough for me playing the wing. We've got Ben Marshall, who's. I think yeah. a better option for yeah. that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Absolutely. I'm just, all I'm I'm agreeing with Jack's point about I think that players are being played at a position. If I don't you are think there play... is a position where you can accommodate Evo Pinto, yeah. uh, unfortunately. I really like him. He's a likeable player, a likeable mm. guy. But I think the problem is, um, and this is the problem with football, because especially when you're involved in the game, you get sort of a wee bit kind of closer to the players and, and what have you in our kind of job. Like, the, the problem is you can't be blinded by the the non football inside of yeah. things. Evo yeah, Peter yeah. was a likable guy. He's get by the way, he's got brilliant attitude. I'd love to play in his team at five a side. <laughs> but my problem is I don't think he has the the defensive now to shut the door at the back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In yeah, this division. Yeah, and if you're playing him in a four you're going to be wholeheartedly yeah. exposed mm-hmm. on that side. Which we were yesterday. Um
0: right, Chris let's let's try and Lift this a little bit. Um, You (laughs) want to um, say something about James Myhill, a a, a great Norwich City fan. Yeah,
2: let's. So basically, this is a bit of a call to action for everyone listening on SoundCloud and iTunes and watching on YouTube right now. I want you to all do me a favour. I want you to follow on Twitter James underscore NCFC91. That's James underscore NCFC91. The guy is a massive Norwich City fan. He's currently battling cancer. And I think that it would be so ridiculously valuable if everyone just, first of all, followed him and tweet him your words of support, because the yeah. guy needs it right now. And I think that um, it would just, it'd mean the world to me, but actually I think it's an example of how we should come together as a club. Um, and I, I think it'd be an excellent thing to do. Yeah, definitely. So as mm-hmm. I say, tweet your words of support.
0: Yeah, I think sometimes we get caught up around the whole football and yeah, should be playing yeah, it right yeah. back. This is more important than this no you can Absolutely. have sort of Fact. action can't they?
1: Football players are human beings as yeah. well, just to say that people forget that and um uh, are the best and you. Keep fighting Jeff. Definitely mate.
0: Uh right, let's bring the tone right back down uh, a trip to South Wales on <laughs> Tuesday night that is as good <laughs> as it gets isn't it? actually I really like Cardiff I love South Wales it's you great. really like Wales
2: but yeah Neil Warner. well it's not a I like. you but, like sorry sorry yeah. you like South Wales, yeah, I, I, know South you've Wales. Got, I know you've got Welsh roots Jack
0: but yeah I love South Wales but the thought of people going on like an eight hour coach ride there on a Tuesday night does make me feel a little ill I would, mm. I would honestly be checking how sound they are in the head, to be honest. I mean, TNC writer Will Jennings has bought his tickets for Cardiff, <laughs> and, and I'm questioning his morals right now. Fair
2: play, I've got a lot of love and respect for everyone doing it.
0: I really. I do. mean, Stuart, look,
1: what is there to say about this game?
0: I kind of hope we get knocked
1: out. Yeah, uh, I mean that's the problem with this cup competition now, especially when you look at this, the bloated calendar. And, and, and let's, let's also add, this is regionalised.
2: Yeah, <laughs> this is a regionalised competition. And we're going on a 600 mile round trip to Wales. Yep. Yeah, but the Chinese definition of regionalising is a lot different to the English version of arts, <laughs> really. Clearly, yeah. I mean, uh, at least their, their draws weren't made in
0: sort of eastern China at four o'clock in the morning. Eastern mm-hmm. so yeah. yeah. Um, um, it's, what is there to say about this game? What team do we put out, I suppose? That's what I will start. say is,
2: I like the way that you two have instantly gone with the we could do of losing this, really. And I'm not. I'm not saying I disagree, but I'm going to say this opinion, which a lot of people say is, we need to win games of football now, lads. Mm. We're in. We're looking really poor. So it would make it would do the world of good to to win against Cardiff. But ultimately, yeah. I agree with you two. But it is interesting that a lot of people will feel like we should go out for the win, full strength strength team, and try mm. and win it. But for me, I... I would I would actually, if it was my choice, I'd
1: play all of the second-string players. It wouldn't play a single first-string player. It's a good, player. good chance to get game time. It's yeah. a good chance to get minutes and legs. Yeah. It's a good chance for a few players on the fringes to stake a claim. Yeah. Because it's not as if anyone in that team is, is mm-hmm. indispensable at the moment. I, yeah. I wouldn't say so. Agreed. I, th- I think for me, I'd, of course,
0: I don't want to go there and lose. But it's me. I don't want to risk first-team players. I don't know if there is a first team, but your likes of Hernandez and your Jordan Rhodes are crucial to what we're trying to do at the moment. But except for that, I don't really know. I just don't want to see injuries to top players. We saw last season, didn't we, the games against Arsenal and Chelsea kind of really ruined us at times in terms of really tired legs in the
1: next games and it cost us. So, Do you know an interesting thing though? Did you not notice how Farca was more comfortable in the tactical side of things going up against the Premier League teams? And people are wondering, Maybe why Stuart Weber is persisting with Daniel Farker, despite all of the, the, the many things that are, can be questioned at the moment, maybe that's part of the reason. And I did say that in the piece that I wrote at the start of last season, saying that Norwich City fans need to be patient, they need to get used to mm-hmm. a new style of football, which, by the way, isn't happening. Like, it's like, get it forward! Like, every time, like, mm-hmm. Norwich City try and recycle the ball. But do yeah. you get that, Stuart? Because it's clearly not working the way we're going. Eh, I don't, I don't get that it's not working every time. If you've got two okay. men in front of you, just as a situation, if yeah. you've got two men in front of you and they're marked, yeah. right, and you pass the ball back so that they can run off their mantic yeah. into space, that's good tactical yeah, awareness. Yeah. It's what you should do. But if you're chasing the game, 80 minutes... And, and and there's nothing sort of happening going forward and you're just passing it back because there's a lack of running or a lack mm. of options in front of you. I get that that's frustrating. Yeah. Um. But I mean, the bigger point I would make is regarding the, the, the sort of Daniel Farca and the style of play that he's trying to implement, if we can get it to work in the championship, I think it will give us a better chance of success in the Premier League this style, whether it's with him or with someone else. I think this kind of modern football approach, I think you'll see Fulham stay mm-hmm. up and I think you'll see Wolves stay up. And obviously you can point to the money they've spent, but which is a there. factor as but well. There, yeah, 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 I get that. But I think that's why this is the style of football that we're going for. Whether Daniel mm-hmm. Farke is the right man to implement that and, and carry us over the line, that's obviously open to debate. But I think that's why this is the culture and the philosophy and stuff that we're trying to implement. Culture's an important word. You said we have to win games now, lads. Mm. We do. Mm. American sports make a big thing about instilling a winning culture. Mm. Norwich City don't have that at the moment. Wow, OK. Uh, the last strong. thing I'm going
0: to add on this Cardiff game, um, if you've got any money sitting around, get on fans bet. put it all on Josh Murphy to score. That's <laughs> <it on> guaranteed <laughs> to happen. Uh, let's move on then. Ipswich, Norwich, he's the Anglian derby. Um, you said in your fan count it was the title. You're worried, Chris.
2: Yeah, I am. Yeah, I am. I think, I just think just, kind of I've do... just got
0: the table here of Prince Green Ipswich Town without a win in five games they also lost lost to Exeter in the cup rock bottom oh, two mate, points I know. I know and
1: you're, you're worried thinking. against that I know what you're thinking
2: yeah but they're at home yeah. the gaffer yeah. hasn't won a game
1: mate
2: mate it, 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 right and, and, and so you, res- this will resonate with you very well right Re- when Rangers come up against Celtic I know it's a very different derby Mm-hmm. But I think Rangers have actually got a psychological advantage going into the game because they've got nothing to lose. Yes. Because Celtic always beat them. Mm-hmm. Right, so my point is, when Ipswich go into this game, they've got no standout quality. In my opinion, they've got no standout quality. They come up against Norwich. They've been tonked season after season, beaten, battered, bruised. We've scraped the one they'll win against them last season. We We just... Made sure that they didn't beat us last season at home to that amazing last-minute winner to shut oh, them all up. Absolutely, but my point is, going into that game, the Ipswich fans—they don't need to worry. Honestly, Ipswich fans don't need to worry going to that game because they've got nothing to lose, and we're not playing really, and we're not playing some nice football at all. So that's what that's what makes me nervous. And and you, and you reading out those those stats, those figures, those facts, Jack. There makes me even more worried. Because what a lift it would be For Ipswich To beat Norwich When they're bottom of the league everything, To really rub it in
1: Everything You know the way That football goes Everything Is pointing Towards Ipswich Getting over the hump Yeah it's. Got, I know it, it But has, didn't we say that last we, season And as well? the season before And the season yeah, before yeah, And yeah, the season yeah. before And listen Do you know what See another thing Norwich City need to get beaten By Ipswich Because this is just Hanging over us yeah. Like well, a dark cloud so, right. it's, it's a good it's, point. Like, it's one of those things really Where if we get point. it out of the way Then that's it It's done <laughs> Um,
0: but I mean (laughs) but it would be horrific but
1: let's let's take
0: the I know it's hard let's take the emotion out of this no 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 No. just listen to me I hate
2: that I hate that
0: no no. let's take the emotion out of this Ipswich are without a win in under Paul Hurst's reign they've sold their five top scorers from last season Waghorn's gone McGoldrick's gone um, Garner's gone they kept hold of Bilikalski, which was, was great business. They've replaced them with, I don't know if they're going to be good, the likes of Caden Jackson, League 2 players. They might be good, I don't know. But Chris, this is a team who are rock bottom. This is a team who took a manager from League 1 last season. This is a team that have replaced their five top scorers with League 2 players. If we can't beat Ipswich, it's game over for Farker. You reckon?
1: You reckon that will be the... the it rock should be, on? but it won't be. Okay, how many, like, if we were going to go in a run of consecutive defeats, how many would it take? League, let's uh, say Cardiff's yeah. in relevant. I think that you need to be
2: in the relegation zone, having lost four or five games on the bounce. We're close to the relegation zone. We're one point off it. I know, I know, we're only five games in, but... what? What annoyed, so I, What? Of, let's, sorry, just to go back one step. What annoyed me with that opening question, Jack, is, let's take the emotion out of it. I think the opposite... And what is annoying me, and I'm seeing it a lot online a lot, everyone's like, well, you know, it doesn't really matter, these two games, because as long as we have a good season, I hate to break it to you, I'm the most positive fan in the world, what are the chances of us having a good season? The definitive term of a good season for Norwich City is to be in and around the playoffs, that is a good season. Do you honestly genuinely believe we're going to be in and around the playoffs in the season no is my answer so therefore beating Ipswich home and away is a massive deal it's a massive and I say get emotional about it I say get emotional about it I'm tired of this whole kind of placid oh it's just another game thing it's not another game Mm. I've messaged, I've just, I don't, I don't care, I'll call him out on it. I've just messaged Marcus Stephen on Instagram saying, you, I, I said, I hope the players know the importance of this game. And he has responded saying, yes, they do. And I, and I, and I just hope that they do. I, I think we need to be more emotional. I really do. We need to beat them. We need to beat them.
1: Yeah. Mm, I think the pressure is growing. I think a defeat to Ipswich and the pressure grows again. Uh, I think there's an acceptance that Norwich City did lose some key players over the summer. Right. And I know that annoys you. But no, it doesn't. No, 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 no. But I mean, like the the fact that excuses are being made. It. Yes, yeah. I think the problem is that this is and now right. Let's just go roll the clock back a bit. If Alex Neal doesn't get Norwich promoted in his first season, right? He gets them up in the second season, mm. and I think they stay in the Premier League because they're more equipped for mm-hmm. it, right? Mm-hmm. They might have Nelson Oliveira by that time, who's a better Premier League striker than a Championship striker, and you're not just hoisting balls into Jumar C and Bacani, right? Oh, oh, what a player! Great player! Oh, there. loved them. I used to commentate in these games in Belgium. Yeah. Absolutely oh, really? legends. Yeah, yeah man. <laughs> I used to score bags of goals. For Scared the yeah. hell out of me. But there you go. Um, yeah, big beer guy. Yeah, but I think sometimes. The best thing can be, and it's hard, like Celtic, an example would be, Celtic got beat by Rangers under Mark Warburton when Ronnie Dyla was in charge. And the Celtic board scratched their heads and went, oh my goodness, we better do something about this. Bring in Brendan Rodgers, unbeaten season, two consecutive trebles. There you go. Sometimes the best thing that can happen to a football club are bad things yeah. yeah, Do yeah. you know what See I mean with Norwich yeah. in recent history yeah. that 7-1 defeat to Colchester exactly that's a brilliant example so sometimes you need those moments where it's wake up and smell the coffee now whether that happens this season or next season or whatever Norwich City I think the worst thing that could happen is that we rise like a phoenix and end up going up because we're not ready mm. I think we need to try and I know it's hard another season of building and then next season. next season to be honest we need. I mean, regardless of whether it's Farca anybody else, whatever, for Norwich City as as this project that we're talking about. Mm. Since we brought in the sporting director, went with a different model for the project to work next season. We need to be contending for the playoffs. We need to be. But Stuart, next and I, and I completely agree. I, I love that mindset. That's the mindset
0: I'm so desperately trying to hang on to. But
1: mm-hmm.
0: are we building
1: slowly? You think we are, I, but despite saying you well, haven't there, seen progression. There's yet. other. Yeah, on the field, I don't. Think there's okay, been so Enough of a progression, perfect. but I'm thinking of the, the okay. thing yeah, as a yeah. whole. I, I was fortunate enough to to get some of Stuart Webber's time this week, and he took me around to Colney and the work that's going on there is mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah. Like the culture of the football club is changing. Yes. That is happening, and it, it's happening. Norwich City. Everyone always does this sort of Norfolk stuck in the dark ages like chat, which we knows lies, but. When it comes to it, the club is actually sort of waking up and moving really into yeah. the 21st century now. Mm. The problem is, on the field, the results aren't what mm. they, they really should be. I don't think our squad, as it's currently comprised, is a playoff squad, not with how strong the division's become, but I don't think we should be bottom half. I think we should definitely be I in the sort of lower regions I of agree. the top half, and then next season we've got to build, but part of that process, and pointing back to the O'Neill-Hernandez thing, is getting players in early early enough that they can adapt so that next season we're ready to really go. We talked about hitting the ground running this season. In a way, I'm just sort of, again, kind of devil's advocate, could have been the worst thing that happened because we're not ready yet. If we wait next season, we're going to have a few more of the big contracts off the books. So that's maybe going to free up a bit more cash to go and have a bit of a splash. Whether... I mean, and Stuart Weber won't be rushed. That's the thing about him. He's not gonna just go, oh yeah, mm-hmm. I fancy him, let's mm-hmm. take a gamble. Mm-hmm. He's gonna make investments in players that he believes in. He but... described Kenny McLean to me as a really good free a really good free transfer. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. what he's doing. He's looking for value. But do you think, Stuart, and I'm gonna play
2: devil's advocate on you now, mm-hmm. do you think the reason why you have this mindset of let's have another transitional season? Do you think you have that because you don't watch Norwich week
1: in week out at Carrow? I think it helps because I'll tell you what. When I was walking, I out, so. when I was walking out the stadium yesterday, I was feeling pain. Yeah, I felt yeah, pain. you said so. Yeah, yeah, uh, it wasn't nice, and that's the problem. Like, I mean, because I mean, when you're covering a club as a journalist, you've got to take the step back, and it's quite easy to do that because even if you, I mean, even if you're commenting for the club. It's like you're passionate, but you're still doing a job. If you're writing about the club, I've actually been doing a few chats with Michael Bailey, Paddy Davitt and Dave Freezer about this this week. Um, It's different because you're doing a job and you've got to have that independent sort of element. But when you're just there in the stands like any other fan, which I will always do when I get the chance to Mm. It's hard. Yeah. And that mm. was that was really sore yesterday, really raw. If we'd done this yesterday, I'd probably be a lot less measured and a lot less professional in what I'm saying. Mm. Um, which so, I don't know, Use my like and, better. And I <laughs> guess the
0: difference here is is, is, is you know, this is your job. You're, you're getting paid, essentially, to do this. Ted from Deerham, you know, season ticket holder. He's paying 19, to go 62. and watch. He's paying to go and watch. Yeah. And realistically, does he care that we've got new changing rooms at Colney? Does he care that the culture off the pitch has changed? He doesn't care. He is seeing... What he wants to see is an exciting performance on a yeah, Saturday. Yeah, I totally understand. And I do love the project. I honestly do. But I'm trying to sympathise with other fans who, who maybe not just a rock up that. at road mm. They're not seeing improvement. Yes, yeah. things might be going on. See, they yeah. don't see that. They're not paying their money to see better yeah. facilities at Colney.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Or I, whatever. I get what Stuart's saying. Off the pitch now, it's proactive management. But still, yet we see, week in, week out, on the pitch, it's reactive management from Daniel Farker. Reactive. He waits until we get whipped before we make a tactical change, before we bring the game to opposition. We've seen it week in, week out the start of the see, season. Webb sure Webber's doing all the right stuff. Mm-hmm. Steve Stone's doing all the right stuff. Culturally, we're now making a change that we should have done under Dave McNally, but he was too blind to see it. Excellent. But for me, on the pitch still, we just look so. There was more money still. to do it then.
1: There was more money to do it. Hey, then exactly. under Matt yeah. exactly. I mean, that, that, And thats obviously a factor that could you could call into question about the way he was mm-hmm. running things. Um, I, I think you're absolutely right. By the way, uh, and I, I've got to say that I totally empathise with fans. Yeah. I understand yeah, why they're getting I was say so, yeah. impatient, and I can understand the frustration that's there because I felt a lot of it myself yesterday. Mm. Um, Good. I'm pleased you did. Yeah. No, because that's that's part of being a yeah. football fan. Don't get me wrong. It was easier when I didn't care about the Canaries. Like, I mean, my life was easier. Yeah. I mean, I'm a Scottish guy. <laughs> like, I mean, I've got enough pain watching international football <laughs> without this. We pulled you plate. in
0: for a life of disappointment.
1: Ah, exactly. Um,
0: that's it. Uh, we could genuinely sit here for hours, and I think this is going to be one of the, the better podcasts. We, we need to get onto the Twitter questions because Stuart's got business to
1: do after this and got a taxi. Can I just game. make one last point yeah. on the reactive thing? 2-0 um, down yesterday you expect a response after half time the clock ticks on to 60 minutes and you're thinking right surely surely there's going to be a start before the, the, the third yeah. goal goes in because um, it was going that way you could see yeah. that the third goal was more likely than us getting a goal to get back into it. and 2-1 totally different game game completely changes Leads go oh my goodness what's happening here maybe we're going to pull back a bit you know that sort of thing Didn't happen. See as a parallel, Marcelo Bielsa against uh, Swansea in midweek made two changes by the time the second half kicked off. Also worth noting, uh, Leeds in
0: the week against Swansea had two right-backs playing at centre-back, still managed to get through the game despite not being the best side. Exactly. Uh, Anyway, we'll move on. Um, (laughs) Matt Gregory, now this is a really interesting one. I'm not sure if you boys have heard about this. Um, He says, hi guys, um, how long, first of all, do you think Farker has to prove himself? I've kind of touched on that. Now this is the bit... Now I want to get down, I was on Twitter and all of the forums last night, never a nice place to be after a defeat, but I did see this name keep cropping up, heard rumours Craig Bellamy is the next upcoming coach Norwich would replace Farker with, and Webber knows about him from his Liverpool days.
1: Hmm. Uh, 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 Craig Bellamy? (laughs) uh, If you're asking, do I think it would be a good appointment? I think no, Um, I I don't think he's got enough discernible experience there for, for, for that to happen. Um, also, I, I don't think there's a great deal in those rumors. Okay,
0: uh, we'll move on. Um, Katie Lee with Fark having a worse ratio than Peter Grant. Do you think that it's time for the board to step in and get rid? It's worth Weber saying that um, Fark is replaceable, and he's
2: put that on record many a time. Yeah, yes, you? yeah. Stuart, oh. yeah. I'll let you go. First. Oh, we've already spoken about it, have we? Really. I, I just, I, I, I think me and you have. I think we kind of want to be quite hardcore about it and say, if we lose against Ipswich, then we should change things. I think me and you both kind of want that. But we're also, we totally get the fact that in Stuart Webber's shoes, you ain't going to change it until Christmas, which which I know will annoy a lot of people. and Believe me, it annoys me too. Because if we keep losing games of football, and if we lose against our local rivals, but take away the local rivals, they're
1: bottom of the league. If we lose against someone that's bottom of the league, History warns against that. Norwich City get relegated because they waited too long to replace Chris Hewitt.
0: Mm. Yeah, and there you have it. Definitely. Although I did see a stat that I think said both of the last times Norwich City have lost at home in the Championship by a three-goal margin, the manager's never made the next time at Carrow Road. Yeah. Just throw that out there. NCFC yeah. well. numbers. Yes. Uh, who you shouted out and I followed. Didn't it? uh, yeah. Are you running it? Uh, no, no, no. Oh, right, no, 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 <laughs> no. Um,
1: actually, the guy I'm living with. Oh, really? Uh, when I'm... He okay, interesting. I get him on, by the way. It's really good. Yeah, yeah
0: we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that after. Um, Ollie Bensley simply said, Dealer are out." Now, I will expand this slightly. Is this the squad's fault? Is this the manager's fault? We've been banging on about this. this is not... Will Norwich City progress? With not uh, with, with a lack of investment. That's what I'm going to say.
1: Um, well, I've opened up like this can of worms
0: again. Yeah, Obviously, too it's a
1: debate that's been done to death. Yeah. I mean, I think what will happen with Norwich City. I've said this a few times now. Because the Premier League, the money's just gone absolutely mental. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as soon as Norwich City go up, they'll get bought. That's the way that I think that it's going. So I mean, going to go up, first. I think I think an offer will come in which yeah. Norwich City will find we'll have to will be unable to turn down yeah. because the money's that mental and the, it's such a cash cow the Premier League mm-hmm. now that I think um, that will be the, the, the sort of the catalyst mm-hmm. for for that to happen. So
2: we just got to go up first. That's, That's what I, I hope. hope. Yeah. I uh, I don't think it's Delia's fault not, that no, we're never. not making substitutes on sixty minutes. I don't think it's Delia's fault that Tim Krull is letting in goals at his near post. I don't think it's Delia's fault that the atmosphere at Carrot is diabolical. Well maybe you should, should get back on and on the maker. Yeah. Great point. And so in we in need to bring Delia's back
0: fault. Fifth, or oh, we need to introduce Delia's fifteen minute half time meals instead of that Tim Pot Tampa Bay <laughs> halftime game. Needs to the happen. There's that sponsorship opportunity out the window, <laughs> <laughs> right? Chris Cassidy. Um, judging by match day experience, good the best part of Jack's match day is indeed the sausage rolls, which are very good at Carrow at the moment. So, what is both of yours favourite part of the match day? Mm, nice. Ooh. So,
1: when I'm there as a fan, not no. But let's as do both. A... Okay. Working and fan. Uh, so, working. I mean, it's quite a glib thing to say, but it's just like it's an honour covering football. Like mm. I really enjoy it. My favourite. Personally, as um, I mean, I enjoy all the post match stuff and getting to ask managers questions and stuff like that. That's really cool. But my favorite thing is commentating games for the gantry. Mm. That's brilliant. Mm. And I miss it. Like, I still commentate games, but a lot of it's done off tube, what we we call it, Um, which means you're watching a game and just commentating it from TV images, Mm. which you don't convey the same passion and stuff. Mm. Um, And And you had a good season to commentate on, or good, like,
2: loads of goals. Yeah, loads of goals. Amazing amazing loads of goals Chris um, my favourite thing is when my ultimate favourite thing I love going one nil down and I love it when the away fans give it large and mm-hmm. they give you the finger they give you this they give you that they get their beard bellies out they call you four eyes and then we hit them we hit them 1-1 that's nice that's great feeling good and then I love it when you score a late winner mm. and the first thing I do and, I've, and I don't care admitting it. Mm-hmm. I take my glasses off. I put them upside down. I stand on my seat <laughs> with my arms out. And I just give it to them. And, and, and that is beautiful. <laughs> yeah. I love the feeling of sweet revenge
1: in football. I think it's priceless. And yes. I really enjoy that. I like um, when I'm not working a game it's good to just sit with a fan and normally like to be honest I can't be bothered sitting with someone that doesn't know the game like it'd be good to sit with you two lads and by the we beach, don't know the game I, I, no no no, <laughs> we no, no we don't have a clue no, <laughs> I just, do you know what let's do that at some point when I'm down here yeah. if yeah. you can get me a ticket in the Barclay yeah, you guys no problem. that'd be good. but cool. the
2: condition is you have to sing because at, uh, at the minute I'm the only Obviously person I singing sing. in the e-block of the Barclay so
1: Right, that's fine Thank okay you. good stuff
0: and okay, then I'll when go I go make a, a rash comment that's completely wrong tactically you've got to
1: go Jack what are you talking uh, about no, no 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 don't worry I'll call you out on that but yeah my favourite thing as a fan is to sit with like another fan who kind of knows the game a wee bit and just actually be able to talk about the game yeah yeah sometimes argue.
0: Um right let's just, there's so many questions here most of them are basically Farker and Farker out. I'm trying to find <laughs> keep, keep something positive come on um, you put your left leg in your left <laughs> leg out and out and out shake it all about okay well, Charlie Sop, who's a, who's a Leeds fan Um Ooh. Time to really see what's happening. I saw you getting excited about Timmy Pukey on here two days ago. He's a mid-table player at best, as is 90% of Norwich City's team. That's harsh. In terms of games this season, that's the most comfortable we've ever had an away game. We didn't even
1: try and change it. I know, and it's that last bit. I saw that tweet earlier and I just thought, you know what? I kind of agree we didn't try and change the balance Mm. or the impetus of the game. And that's frustrating. And if you've got teams coming and saying, do you know what, you're easy to play against, Yeah. Th- that's that's an indictment. It's worrying. And
0: you know, it was interesting, Connor Southall raised the exact same point on the fan cam. I was listening to a Canary call. He said he was with a Leeds supporting mate in the snake pit yesterday, and he said that it's the easiest ever away game they've, they've had in terms of Bielsa's reign. And, and I was kind of... I was... Pr- I've got to this point with, with Norris City at the moment and it's worrying because I've had it before I've had it under Alex Neil, I've had it under Hughes and I, don't, I don't care that we lost yesterday like, I was expecting it, mm. it I'm not angry mm. about it because if I'm at, I'm just banging on the same drum every single week and it gets mm. tiring and I was okay going 2-0 down at Leeds in the first half yesterday I thought we were really good in the first 20 minutes we took it to them but at the same time the Leeds keeper did actually make a save in the first half mm. which shows kind of wasted energy second half I was angry about it. we didn't do anything we were passengers we were, we were chasing the ball that was
2: my worry, and I think yeah, we didn't try and change the game it's... I think I would just say I think it's very harsh on Timu I think yeah. Timu Pukki has yeah. been thus far a shining light in terms of quite a dim start to the campaign I think that I think I'm very, very optimistic. I know Jordan Rhodes didn't score his penalty. I get that. But I think that Jordan Rhodes and Timu Puki, they work very well together. The reason why yep. they've not produced more goods is purely the midfield not delivering to them. Purely. I think those two, when they get the ball between them and and they play off each other excellently. And actually so far, they've only played off scraps as well. I'm so hopeful of T- Timu. He's quietly contributed. He's been consistent. Yes, He's a mid-table championship player, but how many teams in this league have mid-table championship players that are up there fighting for the league because Paul, they work well
1: as a collective unit? Paul Lambert took a table of mid- oh, t- yeah, a team of absolutely. mid-table championship players to the mid-table in the Premier League, so a, a lot can sometimes be made of pegging where a player belongs in the in the greater sort of mm-hmm. structure of the game. But Timo Buki won great finish against Preston, got to say. And the main thing for him is he does all the dirty work. He does Mm, all the selfless stuff. He runs are great, he creates space for other players. And I I mean, the one big positive for me uh, against Leeds was I thought the the forward players were all right. Hernandez Mm. blew hot and cold a wee bit, but I thought those two, I thought put in a good shift. And and the funny thing is, uh, the the thing I was least confident about this season was
0: that front three. I thought Rose was going to be off the pace. Pookie I didn't really know much about. Hernandez done okay last season. They've actually been exciting at times. Yeah. We'll move on and let's stick with this attack and play. Monkey Magic Twenty Two says What are you? <laughs> What's the future of Dennis Trebeni? And does Nelson Oliveira deserve a second chance? He don't score that
2: many.
0: That is a fantastic ration. That is
2: isn't it? brilliant. Yeah. I'll Shout out it. to Coop and Duck. Fantastic. Yes. I saw what I will say is I saw um I was leaving Nando's after the game on Saturday. <laughs> and I saw and um, Mario Vrancic walking with the mis- this mysterious bloke with a with a hat with a cap on, right? And the cap says Icon. Okay. And it was Dennis Rabeni Oh, was it? Anything to read into a player of Dennis Ribeni's standard wearing a hat saying Icon? <laughs> <laughs> the mm. interesting thing for me with Dennis Rabeni is I think was he at Paderborn before us,
0: wasn't he? I think right. scored yeah. a ton of goals, like an in- a ridiculous scoring record. <laughs> Comes here. Looks bang average, like I think that shows the gulf in class between the championship and the, the, the leagues we're signing for. That's what i would read into it. However, at times, Dennis Shrebeni's been pretty shit this season. Um, yeah, I'll leave it there. <laughs> I've got nothing else to add. Oh, dear. Yeah,
1: so what was it? remind me an exact question because of Shrebeni
0: not being the, that great impact sub. Does Olivera now deserve a chance because of oh, that, basically? Dear.
1: Um, I think if a decision's been made due to off field matters mm. that is not playing, other sort of circumstances in there, I don't think any footballing reason mm. will override that. Okay. Yeah, that's that's um that
2: harshly shifted on to Dennis Rabeni when the question was more about Nelson Oliveira really, wasn't
1: it? I, I I
0: I don't I don't personally write Olivera that highly from what I saw last season I think he's very greedy I, just don't it, I honestly haven't got the time or mental
2: capacity to I even talk about class. Nelson Olivera <laughs> right now because we've just got too many other problems <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that what it's come to we're,
1: Yes. we're not
0: discussing some problems because we've got so many other problems yes. so
1: that laugh there that was really just like the kind of manic laughter of a madman on the fringes of insanity I, t- I tell you why I
2: was laughing because Jack and when we signed Dennis Rabenny he had a massive Dennis Rabeni flag, um, literally. Uh, He was waving it around every game, saying, you know, Dennis Rabeni's going to bang it in. Dennis Rabeni hat-trick today, lads. Dennis Rabeni's going to score the last-minute winner. And you can see, I mean, look at his body language now. You can see a man that's been defeated. (laughs) Because, you know... with every will in the world, you look at a player like Dennis Ribeni and you go, actually, let's 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 take this. Let us not be so harsh on the guy. Let's yeah, just say what you said he's earlier. Trying his yeah, some yes, of these he's players will, I love some them. of these players will hit the yeah. ground running, some of these players like O'Neill o- o- Hernandez will take some time to settle in and and some of them will be absolutely crap. And
1: mm. well, like I mean, yeah, without maybe the, the sort of flowery language, I would say Dennis Rabeni as he'll be a hard worker, he'll be a selfless player. Uh, really good assist uh, for one of the goals yes, against West Brom. yes uh, Birmingham uh, Birmingham yeah, yeah. and yeah I mean I, I don't think he's going to be a massive goal scorer in this <laughs> division and Norwich City need different players to be scoring goals ideally yeah but I do like Dennis Treveni I agreed
0: he seems like a nice man I'm completely fine with him wearing a hat that says yep. Icon Uh, Right we're going to leave it there basically uh, mainly because we're talking so much we've got so many problems to cover just basically subscribe to iTunes the TNC podcast and on YouTube as well go and follow Stuart links will be in the description and also there is going to be another podcast next week with a certain Benjamin Bloom from the Blue Monday podcast in Ipswich and that is sure to be interesting we'll be talking more about the Ipswich game on that, Stuart, thank you so much, mate. A genuine pleasure, as always. Good um, fun, lads. Always yeah. love it. Yeah, let us know your thoughts down on Norwich City down in the comment section below. We'll be reading them. And, uh, yeah, an interesting week ahead. See you later. Bye-bye.